Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of peripartum cardiomyopathy, found under the obstetric section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 34-year-old G4P3 woman of 37 weeks gestation presents to the hospital with progressive dyspnea and fatigue over two weeks duration. On physical exam, she is found to have bilateral lower extremity edema, bilateral basilar rails, and an extra heart sound following S2 at the apex. She has jugular venous distension. A chest x-ray is performed, which confirms the diagnosis. She is started on supplemental oxygen and intravenous diuretics. Let's continue with an introduction to peripartum cardiomyopathy. As a general overview, peripartum cardiomyopathy, or PPCM, is a rare idiopathic complication of pregnancy that results in left ventricular systolic heart failure in women during the peripartum period. This is a potentially life-threatening condition that requires urgent evaluation, diagnosis, and intervention, and treatment is similar to other forms of heart failure. In terms of the epidemiology, this is rare but may occur in 0.04 to 0.1% of live births. Demographically, the onset is between 36 weeks of gestation and 5 months postpartum, but it usually occurs within 1 month postpartum. Risk factors include preeclampsia or eclampsia, pregnancy-induced or pre-existing hypertension, advanced maternal age, multiple gestations, high parity, and being African-American. In terms of the pathogenesis, the mechanism is largely idiopathic, but it may be related to systemic angiogenic imbalances, elevated oxidative stress, and impaired VEGF signaling during pregnancy. Moving on to the presentation, common symptoms will include chest pain and heart failure symptoms such as exertional dyspnea, cough, orthopnea, and paroxysmal nocturnal dyspnea. On exam, one may note bilateral lower extremity edema, jugular venous distension, a displaced apical pulse, abdominal fullness, bilateral basilar crackles, and an S3 gallop. In terms of further imaging, chest radiography may demonstrate an enlarged cardiac silhouette, pulmonary vascular congestion, curly beelines, and interstitial edema. An echocardiogram is indicated as the imaging study of choice in the diagnostic evaluation of PPCM. Specific findings include decreased left ventricular ejection fraction. In terms of further studies, a B-type natriuretic peptide is usually elevated in PPCM, and it is greater than in pregnant or postpartum women. An electrocardiogram will demonstrate sinus tachycardia and nonspecific ST or T abnormalities. Remember that as the findings are nonspecific, ECG is generally done to distinguish PPCM from other conditions like pulmonary embolism. With regards to the differential, make sure to think about pulmonary embolism, with key distinguishing factors including that this will present with dyspnea with no evidence of left ventricular dysfunction or enlarged cardiac silhouette on imaging. In terms of treatment, remember that the management approach is similar to management of heart failure, except that teratogenic medications such as ACE inhibitors angiotensin receptor blockers, and aldosterone receptor antagonists are avoided in pregnant women. Conservative options include a spontaneous vaginal delivery. 
this is the preferred mode of delivery for hemodynamically stable patients. Medical options include ACE inhibitors or ARBs. This is indicated for postpartum patients or pregnant patients following delivery. Another option is hydralazine and nitrates. This is indicated for patients who cannot take ACE inhibitors or ARBs. Beta blockers are indicated for long-term management in all patients. Spironolactone or plerinone is indicated as a treatment option for postpartum patients or pregnant patients following delivery. And diuretics are indicated for symptomatic treatment of patients with evidence of pulmonary edema. Surgical options include immediate delivery via cesarean section. This is indicated for severe heart failure and for hemodynamic instability refractory to treatment. Complications related to peripartum cardiomyopathy include ventricular tachyarrhythmias and chronic cardiomyopathy. Remember that this occurs in women with a baseline left ventricular dysfunction. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that more than 50% of patients will recover within six months with medical treatment, but there is a 6 to 10% mortality, and the earlier diagnosis is associated with improved survival. That's all for this review about peripartum cardiomyopathy. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.